0: what we're going to read today. I would love if you're able, if you would stand as we read this text. Sometimes there's just something to that, right? And we want God to speak through words, and this can give us a posture of hoping to hear from the Lord. This text is Mark 2:23 through28. It says, "One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as, as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you ever read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need of food? How he entered the house of God when Abiathar was high priest and ate the bread of the presence? Which it is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and he gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made for humankind not humankind for the sabbath so the son of man is lord even of the sabbath y'all can take a seat so we're going to spend part of the time this morning talking about sabbath and i love this subject i love sabbath sabbath has in in some ways changed my life Uh, i realize that i am a lot warmer than all of you because i'm standing over the heat source but i will still I'll be conscious of that the whole time here i could talk about this topic forever and it's very interesting to me because growing up i didn't know it was a thing i had memorized it in the ten commandments but i had kind of interpreted the ten commandments as nine commandments and one suggestion if you can afford it you know and that's kind of what sabbath was we kind of understood sabbath as a fancy way of excusing like elaborate vacations you know, we'd go on like a big vacation be like, well, we really need rest, and we've stored up all this need for rest. And, and so we'd do that, and, and we would do these vacations where other people were mowing your yard and doing your chores, and that's not Sabbath. That's not what this is. Sabbath is shown in the creation narrative. It's to a people who were captured and who were used for their heavy labor this creation narrative went so the Israelites were shown that they were formed by a God who valued rest and creativity and beauty. And they were in God's image. So they also got to value rest, creativity, and beauty. They were not what they produced, kind of like what Stephanie was saying. They were not just what they do, but they held value by simply taking breath. When they left Egypt, God gave them a desert full of rest so that the Israelites could get this identity straight, seeing the overwhelming provision of God, not with like 30 years of what they needed in the bank, but with manna six days a week, and on the 6th, enough for the 7th as well. Sabbath has been resistance to a demanding culture. Sabbath has been a place of sanctuary with God. It's been a thin place in time where glimpses of heaven are experienced. It's filled with naps. It's filled with laughter. Sabbath rest is something to cherish. And the early church did cherish it. it. It moved the Sabbath from the last day of the week, Saturday, to the first day of the week, Sunday. Which is why we still gather to worship and experience our God on Sundays. For me, Sabbath has been an extremely meaningful time. Kat and I were talking when we first came in here of of when I was in California years ago and I heard these bird wings. I'm sure I've told you all the story. And these silly bird wings have changed my life where I have dreamt since that day that I could, well, I guess I felt permission that there was going to be rest and there was going to be a slowing down and that... I could heal in those ways, and I really have. Sabbath has become a time where I feel refreshed, restored, slow, and present. Usually for me, it involves some really good coffee, a nice long walk, a good book or an album. I protect it. I talk about it. I want others to have the same thing. But that's what we do with something that we love, right? We we want others to have the same thing that we had. And that's part of what we're seeing in this passage. People saw the gift of Sabbath and how this was to, to set God's people apart. You know, this was what made God's chosen people different, is that they didn't work themselves every single day. And so they started making laws describing what Sabbath looked like, and what it didn't look like. And then people assigned themselves to police how it was being observed. They said, I'll take the responsibility. Of policing this community i get it i don't know that everyone else does so i'm gonna i'm gonna enforce this and part of the reason is they were trying to be obedient people that would hurry the coming of the messiah maybe if we're more obedient maybe if we sabbath better the messiah will come faster and that's where we find ourselves here jesus and the disciples are are taking a shortcut through a field They're they're blazing a a path through the field, which on six days a week was legal. You could do this. And the gospel according to Mark doesn't say that they're hungry, but for whatever reason, the disciples just keep taking off the grain. The Pharisees catch them. The disciples and Jesus had taken more than 1,999 steps, which is not allowed on the Sabbath. That's why we have Apple Watches. They track our steps, not so we hit 10,000, but so that we don't hit 2,000 on Sunday. (laughs) Let that make you feel better about today. They gleaned, and that was against Sabbath law. You can't do that. And Jesus, the Son of God, he knows the gift of the Sabbath, right? He said that not a single dot of the law will be ignored by him, And yet here, his response to the Sabbath surprises me So, Yet this time, he asks the Pharisees of an account recorded in 1 Samuel, and he asks them a question. Now, if you hold up 1 Samuel next to Mark, they read quite differently. The high priest's name is different. Who eats is different. And it's not likely that Mark recorded it wrong. And I highly doubt that Jesus doesn't know the scriptures, right? So there's some reason that they're different, and there's tons of arguments that are made as to why this discrepancy appears. And actually on our website, uh, Whitney helped me put together a real simple resource page with one fascinating idea uh, by a scholar named William Platcher. Um, So if you go on the resource this, this week, there's a quote from him, a thought from him, and just a couple questions on why this might be I was ready to geek out on this for three hours with y'all. I just saved you three hours. You can come to my house, watch a football game, we'll talk about it. But for today's purpose, we're going to look at the last line of this. It's where Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made for humankind, and not humankind for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. What does this mean that Sabbath was made for humankind and not the other way around? What's that mean? Because I think sometimes in our worship, we think we just, we were made to go do these things. We were made to go tell our neighbor about Jesus. We were made to go feed another person. We were made to, like, we were made for those things, but not like at the expense of our soul. You know, we we were made for those things like my legs were made to walk. We were not made for those things like they are master and I'm the servant to them. You, you get the difference there? So what does this mean if the Sabbath was made for us? Well, the Sabbath was meant as a gift. Within it was the presence of God. It was a time to slow down and cherish life and cherish the people we love that's what our greeting cards say right the sabbath was meant to meet that need to remember who we are to tease out of our identity the work and and the accolades that we have achieved and just again be ourselves to recognize the provision of god To slow down and and feel real sincere gratitude amongst all the circumstances and trouble that we feel. Sabbath is this and much more. But by the time of Jesus, Sabbath had become a burden. The privileged had used Sabbath as a way of holding other people down. So think about this for a moment. What is required if humankind is made to serve the Sabbath? Sabbath. In order to rest from work, you must have work, right? So if we're really going to invite everyone to Sabbath, then there needs to be work for everyone. We must have safety and security to rest. It's not very fair to us to go to somebody who is in an unsafe environment and, and constantly feel threatened to say, kick your feet up and feel some rest. What's wrong with you? We must have an imagination and a sense of certainty of extra provision for us to not go hustle and gather and earn. We have to be able to believe that there will be tomorrow in order to breathe deep today and and so much more. Now, for those who had plenty, the idea of not walking, carrying water, gleaning from the fields, all that sounded wonderful. Wonderful. Yet to keep their advantage over others, they had to make sure that others weren't doing it either. I want a day off, but don't you go glean my field. I want a day off. I got somebody to carry my water yesterday, but don't you go get water today. They had made the Sabbath into a difficult overlord, maybe even close to being an idol. But Jesus, the Son of Man, a messianic term, is the Lord of the Sabbath. The Sabbath reports to Jesus, not Jesus reporting to the Sabbath. And the Sabbath looks as Jesus says. And so if we see what Jesus is about on the Sabbath, we see wholeness. We see healing. We see flourishing. We see what now would be called equity. We see an invitation to all. And that sounds like good news to me. Jesus said that Sabbath was for humans to serve humans, and it is a gift for us to enjoy. It's not for the powerful to legislate the experience, but for us to know and experience the love of God. It's for us to know the comfort of being God's children and the inbreaking of the kingdom of God in real moments of rest, joy, and peace for some of us that looks like a full day once a week most weeks that's what i do on my monday you'll find me wandering around rodenbos just found me a couple mondays ago getting good food reading a book not a book that makes me smarter but a book that fills my soul going for walks some of us don't have that that's okay some of us it's an afternoon Some of us, it's a walk through the park a couple times a week, a cup of tea in the morning, a deep sigh after the kids go to bed. Wayne Mueller beautifully writes that it's so important for us that sometimes we can even just be Sabbath for each other. So that five minutes of passing the love that we do every week, if you wonder what that is, that is a moment to be seen and heard and loved. Because I don't know how many minutes we have of that. That's worship. That's intentional. These are moments where we can experience this life God has for us in these interactions. And so in the next minute, uh, there's some cards and markers. And Wendy's going to just slide them around. If we just kind of move them through the the rows. We're going to take this same principle that Sabbath is a gift for us. And I want us to look at the chapter that we're closing right now. That's the way this feels to me. This building feels like a chapter. This was a, for me, this was a really good chapter. I met some of you all in this chapter. I found myself somewhat in this chapter. This was the first place where we had courage to imagine things being really different. And so there's a part of me that's healed up here. And so what are the gifts of this chapter that we're closing? What do we want to take with us in our next chapter? And so here's what the markers in the paper, I want you to write down anything that comes to your mind. And at the end of the service, we're going to place this stuff in the offering basket as an offering of gratitude. We give money, and you all have been very faithful To give money it's not just money right we're gonna actually give an offering of gratitude of this season either in your own personal life or us together you get to answer how you want I'm not going to go through and study your answers it's just it's just a practice and here's why this is important it could be really easy to just like say everybody needs a chapel phase everyone needs to go through the same things that we went through and like no it's not that it's the the gift of this season that we want everyone to have for me we slowed down and it became a safe place to ask questions that's a gift I want everybody to have that whether they come into a cold chapel or not whether they go through some of the other circumstances we did or not I want everyone to have a safe place So what are some of these gifts for you? What's the gift of the last few years? Go ahead and write that down as an act of worship. Because as we go into this next chapter, we have gifts like Sabbath. We have gifts like Advent that starts next week. We have gifts like Eucharist or communion that we celebrate nearly every week. We also have gifts that are a little more unique to our community. We have small groups that happen. We have these book studies. We have these slow invasions, these opportunities to be together. We have spiritual direction, and we have so many people who are pastoral in this community. We'll have opportunities to care for the broader community. We have our Sunday morning worship and and teams that we can serve on. Now the children's team is flush. A couple people are joining our worship team. Uh, All of these opportunities that people can participate in. We even have this time at the end of the service on December 10th where we get to have a light snack with our our hosts of Lyndhurst and get to know them. But here's the thing about all that. None of that is required that we... Go get ourselves busy for Jesus. None of that's required that we have to be in all of these things. It's, it's the gift of these things that we're focused on. It's the gift of them that we're really wanting. What happens? What is God doing? What are we experiencing? This doesn't produce a hierarchy of who's in or who's good or who's blessed or who's better or anything like that. They're just opportunities to be seen and see others to know and experience the love of God none of this is expected as burdens on people they are simply places that have been gifts to us that we get to invite everyone to join into like Sunday morning or a small group or a book study or to enter into Sabbath the point of all of it is that we experience God and people And we're becoming who it is that we're invited to be. And we slow down enough to be able to pay attention and see if we are hearing from God. If we are following. If we are becoming. In broad ways, that's what a lot of this chapter has been about. I believe the next one will as well. We're going to take just a minute to, uh, if anyone wants to say aloud what this chapter has meant, I'm going to give you a chance to do that just as, again, as an act of worship. And then we're going to receive communion one last time in here together. And then I'll invite you all as an act of worship to, to give your offering of, of gratitude or whatever that looks like for you. Joshua's going to grab some communion for us. He doesn't know it, but he's on the aisle, so. And as he does that, does anyone want to share what this chapter has looked like? You don't have to, but I want to give the opportunity. A healing, place. A healing place. Reflections. Reflections. I heard safety and hope for the future, Right? Here's communion. It's been a place of communion. The reverence. The reverence here. This is the body and blood attacking your forehead. May you never change. Levity. And you gave us space like here specifically, a space to just breathe and just like we didn't have repairs and things. Maybe like we could just come in and focus on the phone. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, the building's not going away, but I do invite you before you leave today, if you have a minute, linger and look at the art again and kind of do your own version of saying goodbye. This, I don't think we could be us without this chapter. Whatever's next, this is where we began to be us. And so I'm just forever grateful for you all, for the chapel, um, for Pastor Rob and Pastor Kat for this leadership team I'm, I'm really grateful oh. we're becoming something and and I see it as good so let's, let's end this time by receiving communion together on that night that transformed everything Jesus looked at his dear friends, without them understanding everything. He, he took the bread and he broke it, and he said, "Every time they gather, do this in remembrance of him. That this is his body broken for them." And he took the cup, and after he gave thanks, he looked at them and said, "That this represents my blood, which is shed for you, and." for the forgiveness of your sin. And so when you gather together, drink of this remembering me. We can do that now. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Somehow this physical space has been a thin place. It's been a place where I have felt seen by you. Where we have healed some, slowed down some, didn't have all the necessary chores and all that where hope was rebuilt. There's been some healing, recalibration. We can reflect ponder God fill our hearts with wonder and hope as we go forward not necessarily that the building is perfect but that we will meet you and this work that you're doing will continue thanks in your name Amen.